0: Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now, here's Connie. Hi, I'm
1: Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much for joining me this week. My motivational quote today is by Ronald Osborne, and it says, Unless you try to do something beyond what you've already mastered, you will never grow. Leaders, business owners we're all faced with how to stay focused on our own careers while also leading our teams and companies hopefully to financial success. It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? So where do we begin? You know we have to think about marketing team building self development, shareholder meetings, and just the list goes on so really where, where do we start well. I think we may all need help with this prioritization process of what tasks, skills, and behaviors we need to work on first to develop the success that we're seeking in our businesses. Well, My guest today, Carl Gould, is a business growth expert who advises organizations on how to go to the next level. He is an entrepreneur who built three multimillion-dollar businesses by the age of 40. He's brilliant. His consulting firm has mentored the launch of over 5,000 businesses in 35 countries, and his team of mentor coaches have conducted over 75,000 sessions with entrepreneurs and executives worldwide. Carl has written seven books seven books on the topics of business strategy, leadership, and personal growth, and has co-authored Blueprint of Success with Stephen R. Coveney and Ken Blanchard, two of my favorites, and he co-hosts Quit and Get Rich, a weekly radio program, uh, and is here today to share his insights from working with top companies from around the world. So please help me welcome uh, Carl Gould to the show. So Carl, thank you so much for being on.
2: Hey, Connie, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Okay, so so obviously you met Stephen Cusney and um, Blanchard, right? You met those guys? I have had the uh, privilege to meet them both, yes. Wow. Brilliant minds of our time, I think, when it comes to leadership and, um, you know, just self-development for business owners. So, wow, wow, I'm jealous. Just a little bit. <laughs>
2: Right. Well, it was, a real, it was a real honor to get to meet them, and they really were. I mean, when you, when you think of the term thought leader, they were the early thought leaders. They really were. And, um, you know, it was amazing to get a chance to uh, collaborate with them. So it was uh, a great honor about 10 years ago, and I'm um, glad I had the experience.
1: And what a life-changing experience for you being a thought leader of today for your own development. Well,
2: well, you know, somebody uh, said to me recently. I just turned. I turned fifty last year. I'm fifty-one in, a, in another month. And uh, so, um, yeah, somebody said, "Hey, your wisdom is growing in." I said, "What?" He says, "Look, I can see you got a couple of gray hairs." I said, "Your wisdom is coming in. You're growing in. You, you have something to say now." I said, "Oh, thanks. Maybe <laughs> I arrived here. What do I? What do you know?"
1: <laughs> and thanks for pointing out the gray hairs. In the meantime, right? Like really? Hey. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, left-handed compliment, if nothing else, right? We'll take it, we'll take it as a compliment, Carl. <laughs> funny, We'll funny. take them. Take them when you, you can get them. You, you, you got, got it. it. I agree. So what, what do you think, you know, again, with your experience and, and just all of these companies and business uh, leaders, owners that you've worked with, what do you think the most critical skill is that business owners need to be able to master so that they can thrive in today's environment?
2: Well, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. The, if of all the things, the technical skills a business owner can have, um, the most important skill is not a technical skill. It is a, the skill of persuasion. It's mm-hmm. the ability to sell yourself. It's the ability to inspire others. To take action and to uh, and to and get and do the things that they normally wouldn't do on their own, and so you know, uh, it, it, uh, Tom Watson, when he started IBM, said nothing happens until something gets sold, and that's true. And and nothing happens in a business until the owner or leader has inspired those people to take action and get behind a cause and make things happen. And so. That would, by far and away, would be the number one skill, your ability to influence, persuade, and essentially sell others on your idea.
1: Yeah, and I think not only whatever the product or the thing that you're selling, but I would think you'd have to inspire your team to buy into what you're saying to get them to move and do what they need to do, again, to facilitate the ultimate sale.
2: Correct? Well, yeah. I mean, if you th- yeah, if you think about it, if you, uh, you take any company in the very beginning, you know, every company is a good idea. I mean, we've been behind a, a launch of thousands of businesses, and every single pitch is a good pitch. Um, but then, you know, when you're when you're just getting started, it's going to be your ability to get other people to get excited about your idea that's the key and so if you can't do that you can't get them to get behind it then you know you're going to have the greatest idea nobody ever heard of but then you you see these other ideas where you said gosh that was pretty simple what's the big deal behind that but Mm -hmm. yet the person behind it was really good at getting others to get excited about it and as soon as that happened we're off to the races and now this idea Um, this idea has a chance to really spread, you know? Yeah. Take life. You have
1: to be the catalyst. It has to come from you.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's cool. And that's why I think if if somebody
1: has passion also about what they're trying to create, uh, usually that passion could could be contagious and be the catalyst of what they need. So, again, it's not just a good idea. It's the energy behind it. So, right. I mean, if you think
2: think about it for a second, one little case study is Sarah Blakely who started the who started the company Spanx right now I don't wear Spanx. I I've read about them I, I but essentially my understanding of Spanx is that it's basically the modern girdle right so yes. it's yeah right isn't that right so yes. um, but uh, essentially yeah it's it's tight underwear that it holds it all in. Right? So it's not an incredibly new idea. It was a it was a new spin on an old idea, which is great and she gets a lot of credit for. But if you read her story, she said well when she started, she didn't have a lot of money and she didn't have a sales force. So when she when somebody she convinced a store to, to um to uh stock her and, and, and um you know put her products on the shelf she she didn't have a sale, a lot of sales reps or anything. So she would show up at the store where somebody was, had her stuff displayed and she would get that sales team excited enough to sell them. Mm -hmm. And so she would go back to that store and the sales for Spanx would be really high. And so she would get into another store and then she would run over there and do the same thing. So Spanx was you know, especially in the early days, they took off because Sarah was able to fire up these salespeople who had all these different products to sell, but because she got them fired up, they would sell Spanx very enthusiastically, and that helped build a lot of momentum for the company. Same idea, it's the same concept. And, and it's funny because everything is
1: online these days, right? And we, we want to build our email lists and all these things. And I say this all the time as a small business owner. The, the relationships you build are what matters. And that's how you, the word of mouth, is still huge. So, you know, you can have, like you said, this great business and I can have a hundred people on my email list, which isn't very much and send it out there and they're all going to get deleted because nobody knows who Connie Whitman is or Carl Gould is. So as soon as we could get people interested and fired up, now, all of a sudden, they're, they're forwarding emails to other people, but it starts with the initial relationship. So I, I agree with that, and I think what Sarah Blakely did is just, you know, brilliant, but that's what good business owners do who believe in their product. But also you have to roll your sleeves up and get in there and do it. So brilliant. Brilliant story. Right. Yeah. Share, what are a couple of your top growth hacks
2: that you use with your clients all the time? So... Um one of the one of the first things I learned. So I understand you're in New Jersey. I grew up here in in, in New Jersey. So we, yeah. you know, actually when I started my company, I would, you know, you were in my service area. So I uh, my very first company was a landscaping company, and I used to do design build landscape installations. And I remember the very first thing I learned was that people don't buy based on your features, advantages, benefits right away. They buy based on your your ability to Mm -hmm. solve the complaints they have of the competition and I remember um, the very the first the first three appointments I went on when I started my landscaping company I sold them all like I went and I got the first one I'm like wow this is right, pretty cool and then I went on my second one the next day I got that too and I thought wow I must be really good at landscaping right and then three (laughs) days later I sold my third one and I said oh It's not that I'm good. It's that I've been blessed by the landscaping gods. I must have the landscaping (laughs) DNA. That's why. There's this little light or halo over my head. That must be the reason. So everyone else, don't bother. Don't waste your time going into landscaping. I already got it, right? So I was, after four days in the business, I thought, man, I must, this must be my calling. And then uh, my father tells me, he says, hey, Carl, why don't you go back to those three people and figure out why they said yes to you? Because if you know why they said yes, then maybe you could duplicate the process. I said, "Brilliant! Oh, well, Brilliant! Very good idea, Dad. You know, I, I should have been listening to you the whole time." But <laughs> uh, so, so I go back to the third person and I said. You know, thank you so much for choosing me. You'd said that you you were looking into five different contractors, but you chose me, and I thank you for that. And is it okay if I ask why? Why did you choose me? And after a little deliberation, off to the side, it's like they didn't really want to tell me, but they were like, yeah, go ahead, yeah. tell them. And uh, so the guy comes up to me and says, um, you were the only one who showed up. And I said, what? And they said, yeah, we called five people, three of you people. That's what they said. You people, three of you people called back. Um, you all promised me a proposal, but you were the only one who came back with one. Wow. And you seemed like a nice kid and you'd work hard and we had the money. So we, we uh, hired you. And I was like, I was so deflated. I was like, <laughs> really? Like,
1: Literally. I no magic. It was
2: because Yeah. None. I was just the guy who showed, and, and so I, I heard that complaint all for the rest of that first year. Wow. The next year, every advertisement I had said the same thing. It just said the name of the company, it said the phone number, and then it said the promise. All phone calls returned because mm-hmm. one of the top complaints of contractors is they're not responsive. They don't call you back. So I took that promise, I I took that complaint, and I made it my top promise. And so I was overrun with inquiries because I, and then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm on to something because everybody seems to be upset that they're not getting a call back. And so I used that to create a premium offering. I said, you know what, I call everybody back. Everybody gets a proposal. I guaranteed my work. But I raised my fees considerably to the point that somebody actually called my pricing uh, structure obnoxious. They said, "You know your pricing's obnoxious." And they gave me a lecture. Well, wow. then they hired they hired me five minutes later. Yeah. And then I'm like, then, I'm, then that's when I realized, I was a young kid, I was 19 years old, didn't know much about much, but I knew something about this. And I said, holy cow, if I take what's bothering people about my competition, and I promise them that'll never happen to you if you are my customer, not only will they hire me, but they'll pay a premium. And so the fir- one of the first growth hacks I learned, it wasn't called a growth hack back then, it was just called... A good idea. I don't know. What the A hell good you idea. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the the first thing I learned was raise your, find out what everyone's pissed off about, promise them it'll never happen to you, and raise your prices. And the second you do that, you're going to get people that are the probably the most passionate about the work that you do, and are willing to pay for it. You know. And so, and.
1: It, it, can I ask one question so uh, yeah, that I totally understand right you show up and you pr- you provide better quality than what the others are doing just by showing up you actually do that but the second thing is aren't those folks that now you've delivered what you've promised right you you provided a quality you know piece of work of landscaping did they give you like a ton of referrals also
2: Um, I got some referrals, um, you know, and you know, the, the work that I, when I was doing landscaping, it's very visual, right? So I'm in, I'm, I'm in front of a building or in front of a home or whatever. And that, that that location physically transforms so in the construction world your work is your referral so as you're working people drive by and they say oh my gosh um, I want the same thing Uh, I live around the corner on one two three Main Street can you come around the corner or hey you know that building that's being built in the in the central business district that's my building I love what you're doing here can you come over there so in a in a, so that was my word of mouth then, um, you know, because the work stands for itself. You look at it and say, wow, that's beautiful. Can you do it for me? But it's the same idea. I mean, I, I, that landscaping business doubled every year for five years, and then I sold it. And then I started a construction company where I built – uh, residential homes custom homes and I did commercial and uh, industrial renovation work and again that was very visual also but because the projects got bigger then it started to be referral I build somebody a house they say wow this guy did a nice job you know let's let's get another house done so it did lead to a lot of referrals but th- but the thing is you while referrals were great obviously word-of-mouth is the best referral you can get it's a it's a slam-dunk new client um, word will get around when you are handling the big issue, right? Yes. So, you know what I mean? Like, um, Absolutely. If you – if somebody says – like, I mean, think about it. When you go and have a great experience some way, somewhere and or, – or you find a little trick like, hey, here's how you avoid missing the line. If you buy this, then you miss the – you skip the line altogether. People love that stuff. So that, that's the part that goes viral. I mean yeah. – it, one one of my favorite growth hack stories is when Netflix started. They were just mail order DVDs, and they were totally offline, unsexy business. But they took the top five complaints of what um, top five complaints of what people didn't like about going to Blockbuster, and they made it their business plan. You know you don't have to drive there or back. Those are two of the five complaints. There are no penalties or extra fees. That was one of them. We don't run out of titles. That was another you, and you can you just pay for what you use. If you remember, you couldn't buy a rental video back then, but you could buy them now and so they they didn't complain about blockbuster. They just said, "Hey, you want to keep doing that? Knock yourself out." But here's all we ask you want, You put your credit card on file. So you pay for what you use and you walk back and forth to your mailbox. And if you're okay with that, come with us. If you like going to the store, go to the store. But they put Blockbuster out of business because they just took what everyone was was ticked off about and they said, that'll never happen to you over here. And so word spread so quickly because everyone was sick and tired of going to the store. So word will travel fast if you go towards the complaint side yeah. of your prospects.
1: Yes, that makes and, and right, that makes so much sense because it's a pain point and you're solving my pain point. Let's take a really quick break. When we come back, I, I'm really curious to hear what, what's the biggest complaints, right, or pain points that you're dealing with in your business now currently, right, in 2017. So let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about that.
0: A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. We are back. We are speaking with Carl Pools
1: and his business is seven stage advisor and he really helps businesses get to the next level, um, to scale their business. And we're talking about, you know, how do we what are some of his growth hacks that he uses with his clients today? So what is your biggest pain point that you've been dealing
2: with in your business, uh, Carl? So meaning, um, uh, the growth of my own company, you mean?
1: Yeah. 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 Or, well, or your businesses. What do you think the, the, the the,
2: yeah, Oh, great right, right yeah, I just want to make sure I was clear so the um the biggest problem my clients are in the biggest problem this is kind of maybe a little bit of both um the biggest challenge I have as a business advisor is overcoming some of the um some of the cynicism and some of the bad reputation that advisors have gotten over the years, be mm-hmm. them consultants or coaches or whatever and so the biggest complaints are, well, you've never done it, how can you? you know how can you tell me how to do it right and then they'll say well you're a consultant you have no risk here you you just you could just tell me what to do all day long and if it doesn't work out no skin off your back you know and so um uh so that's a couple of things that we've had to overcome and our answer to that is that when we advise a company uh every one of our advisors has to have bought sold run managed launched a business Equal or larger in size than the one our clients want to build So by us having that position we say okay Well, we know what you're trying to build because we've done it So we try to overcome it that way and the other thing is that they say well There's no risk and so we work with our clients on the success fee arrangement You know because the way we're essentially a growth advisory firm So if our clients aren't growing we don't exist you know, we're, we're, we 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 do not follow your taxes. We don't do any other, you know, mandated processes. We, we just, we help you grow. And if we don't, if we do, we get a success fee, we participate in the upside. And if we don't, uh, then, then we don't make the money we need. So, um, so we've had to overcome that perception. And so our, the way we've had to position ourselves as advisors has had to, has had to really um, acknowledge some of the challenges that are in the marketplace right now.
1: Yeah, because then you have skin in the game, right? But you, So you can advise me and, you know, whether they're good ideas or not, but you don't really help me. Maybe maybe what you're telling me to do is uncomfortable and you don't get me to change to do what I need to do. Then you gave me a great idea. Hey, thanks for that. But you really didn't guide me on how to execute it, you know, my personality, whatever it is. So now you have skin in the game by saying, all right, we're 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 connected to your success, Connie or Joe Schmo, or whoever it is. That's
2: brilliant. That's brilliant, Carl. Just brilliant. Yeah, so – yeah, so that, the big thing is that, yeah, because we say, well, yeah, we not only have an idea, but we've got to get you to do it or follow through it, and it has to work. Otherwise, we're not making any money either. So sure. we don't take a chance or just throw out an idea, because if it doesn't work, then we've spent the last few months not making money right alongside you. So we, we, right. you know we, we need to make sure that it works for you. What are some of your clients? Think of them. What are some of the...
1: Things that they deal with, so that's you. That's that was great, by the way. What What are some of the typical things that your business owners are missing to help them again scale and get to the next business? Is there any commonality? There might not be.
2: Um, no, it's it, there. There are actually, and so um, the biggest challenge that our clients have is that they are more than likely at the point that we start working with them, their sales process is one of them. And to, to the point they've gotten to thus far, they are what we would call friends selling to friends and they need to get to become strangers selling to strangers. And what I mean by that is, you know, just like you hinted at before, they started their business, did a really nice job, got referrals, right? And Mm -hmm. grew their business through referrals. And so they were friends, selling to friends. So I made a friend, I did a job for them and that person referred me to somebody they know. So that friend told another friend and that's how we, that's how we built our business. But at some point you can't scale that at some point it does run out. It's not, it's not the old commercial where they said, and they told two friends and so on and so on. It doesn't, that's, that's the world of shampoo. If you sell shampoo, great. If you don't sell shampoo, then listen up. Cause that, cause friends selling to friends runs its course. At some point, you know, at some point your referral partners say, Hey, I got you enough business. It's time for you to run without me for a while. You know, um, And, um, so you have to get, you have to become strangers selling to strangers, meaning you're going to have to go out and hire somebody to do sales for you that you previously didn't know they are a stranger and then that person's gonna go out and they're gonna look for new revenue sources from new people that you've never met before so you hired a stranger to go out and find other strangers who will then buy from you and then hopefully they become a friend and refer you out but in order to scale your business you have to become strangers selling to strangers and that has an implication that you'll have marketing systems and sales systems in place so not only You you have to learn how to convert a stranger into a friend, essentially. And, um, you know, so your lead generation systems have to be in place. Uh, We recommend that you have five simultaneous lead generation systems going at any given time in order to find your prospects or get found by your prospects. Um, So that's one of the biggest challenges they have right away. Um, Now, the the converse to that is maybe – you got into business because you are a good salesperson and that doesn't seem to be your problem. Um, the other, the other major um, bottleneck that we see in our clients is that they can outsell their ability to deliver. Uh, like they have the, they can sell anything, but they can't deliver on it. So it's almost always either, sales side like I just talked about or they have outgrown their capacity to fulfill the order Mm -hmm. and that could mean their systems aren't good or maybe they, they don't manage their finance finances well enough in order to always have the money they need you know just turn on Shark Tank or turn on uh that CNBC program The Profit mm-hmm. you know half of the people that go in front of the sharks or go in front of Marcus Lemonis they're doing so many things right they just didn't handle their finances well and now they need a bailout so those are the two main ones
1: yeah, and with our global economy now, you do need that stranger to stranger and you just need your reach to be so much bigger than what the human, you know, me or you can do um so you really do need a team. Now, the the technology that you're talking about the lead generation systems or do you have experts on which ones work best for what type of business, et cetera?
2: Cuz there's so we many do. out there. We- yeah okay that's right and and for and for some businesses, you should be on LinkedIn and you should be looking around for introductions and referrals, and then taking people out to coffee, uh, taking them to Starbucks and talking about your business and There right. should be some where you're doing education based uh, marketing and sending them to a webinar and 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 giving them an information piece and then following up that way and for some people, it'll be an online video demonstration and for some companies it's old fashioned, put on, put on your business attire or whatever that is and go to the trade show or go to the networking meeting and shake hands and, you know, be visible that way. So it's, it, it every business is a little different. Um, but what the a big trap people fall into is they find the most efficient way and they fall in love with that. So, oh, I get all my leads through pay-per-click or I get all my leads through my blog. And mm-hmm. then one little change happens and they go from an abundance of leads all, all all the way down to nothing because they relied on one way to get their leads, which is dangerous. It's a, It's a vulnerability that you shouldn't fall prey to. So always have those five going because at any given time, You know that networking meeting you didn't feel like going to because it was a Thursday afternoon, it was 90 degrees, and everyone else is in the pool, but you went to just when you need it. That person, someone will say, hey, remember I met you at that networking meeting? I've been thinking about you. We should sit down and you will be very, very thankful you went to those networking meetings.
1: You know, it's so funny, and and really, network, 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 you're only as good as your network to some extent, but it's funny because, you know, like Facebook and LinkedIn, they're constantly changing the rules, you know, the SEO to to keep your um, SEO ranking high, they're constantly changing those algorithms, so you're right, you know, it's it's just, I have an MBA in finance, right, you don't put all your eggs in one basket, Um, it's the exact same strategy that you're kind of discussing here, so that makes so much sense to Carl thank you for that what, what do you think what do you see especially because you're dealing with executives business owners I mean these these are um, thoughtful people I'm going to say or creative people what's the most common reason that people fail or just say I've had it enough
2: well you know this is a loaded question because the Anyone out there can be an entrepreneur. Anybody can be an entrepreneur. Yeah. But not everybody should be an entrepreneur, (laughs) you know, and, um, you know, one out of 15 people in our country are business owners, right? And only 4% of all businesses ever make it to a million dollars or more uh, in annual revenue. Right. So, out of the 27.5 million businesses, a million will make it to a million. That's, that's by the way it goes, and um, which means 26.5 aren't going to make it because it takes a heck of a lot of energy, persistence, willpower, dogged determination, and it is, if you're not up for it, it's exhausting and um and a lot of people a lot of people that are in business now were thrust into business. They didn't go there by choice, yeah. you know they lost their jobs, they became a freelancer um, or their life situation changed, and now they're um, you know they have other commitments, and so they went out into their own business to try to balance their life and business commitments but You know, like we talked about earlier, you have to be selling, you have to be constantly promoting, and it is, if you're not, if if it's the sort of thing that energizes you, you have found your way, my friend. But if if it does not energize you, it will be an exhausting grind every day because, you know, the successful entrepreneur changes other people's behaviors, and that is a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do.
1: And, and I would think that the folks that come to you,
2: Carl, are serious
1: where you're, like you said, they, they, they will put the time in, they want to put the time in versus somebody who says, you know, I'm going to be a consultant, I'm going to work locally, I'm going to make a living, I'm going to pay my bills, and I'm good with that, right? That, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. So that's awesome. I, I would think that the folks who Will reach out to you or saying no. Yeah, that's great. You know, I've I've paid my bills But now I want to scale my business. I want to be you know multimillionaire. I want my business at the million-dollar level So there has to be some commitment on their part or desire plus commitment on their part to hire
2: somebody like you I would think, right? Yeah, you know you you nailed the word if you're committed you'll win if you're not committed the marketplace will eat you up eventually it will you might have some early success you know that sort of thing but if um, if you're committed and i have done you know in my career i started in coaching in 1991 and so I've been, I've been a coach now for 26 years i've worked with tens of thousands of people and i could i could tell very quickly I, if, you, if you're gonna make it or you're gonna really struggle because if you're not committed man oh it's brutal but if you're if the word that's the word if you're willing to do it you will win because so few people have the goal to actually win to be number one um, you know most people have the goal to say I just want to pay my bills I just want to do this so there's actually more competition to be mediocre than there is to be a master yeah. And so if you I'm not saying it's easier to get to, but there's less competition. Yeah. And you know, and so if you if you're committed to mastery, you're gonna to start to find doors open to you if you're willing but you gotta be willing to put in the that extra whatever. Get up that five minutes extra, do that extra podcast, do that extra meeting, go to that extra networking meeting and you know, I mean we my daughter is in the junior Olympics and we're watching them compete, you know, and she's a long jumper. And she was able, she was able to qualify for the finals. We're going to the finals this weekend by one centimeter, one centimeter. She jumped 4.06 meters. The girl she beat out jumped 4.05 meters as an 11 year old. And, and so we said to her, I said, We said, Vanya, look at your big toe. See that big toe? That's how much you won by. Uh, She was like, oh, my God, really? I said, that's one centimeter. If that girl went one centimeter further, you're going home. She's going to Kansas. You're going to Kansas because you were one centimeter longer. That's the whole difference. That's the whole difference right there. And first of all, oh my God, congratulations to your daughter, to you
1: for the commitment you've made to get her where she needs to be, (laughs) to to get her to to continue to develop her skill and strength and all of that. So kudos to you as a parent, but kudos to her to make that commitment of of the effort of probably getting up at 4 or 5 a.m. every day, um, missing movies and things that her friends are doing because she had to go practice or work out with the trainer, whatever it is. Um, But also for you to be able to take... Take that perspective of the big toe, talk about a lesson, a great lesson for her as to the effort that it takes to become the master, like you said before. So what a great lesson for this kid. Wow, just impressive and so so much congratulations and luck to you this weekend, Carl. Ah, ah,
2: I'm thrilled over here as a parent. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? It's literally her big toe. Oh, yeah. The
1: big toe was the difference. But the, you know? the, 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 the analogy of that, that sometimes we have to put that big toe out there, that difference of a big toe in effort to get to whatever that next level is in the business, right? Wow. Yeah. I love it.
2: Yeah. Can you believe it? So, Uh, yeah, it's crazy. The, um, and, and so she gets, you know, and it could go look in next week. It could go the other way. She could, she could have the jump of her life and some girl can be just a bit longer. Um, you know, a tiniest bit and to the naked eye, to the untrained eye, nobody would be able to tell the difference, but when they put the tape on it and they measure it and they say, you know what? So sorry, honey, but the other girl was one centimeter longer you know hey that's that's the difference, and it, and it's not all that different in business because Great. I got to I you mean when I, like my my landscaping story, I got those three jobs because I showed up, like yeah when when I, told, when I told you, you know I went back to the first person and said, "Why did you choose me?" I did go back to the other two, and they told me the same thing. They said, well, you know, you were I mean, they said it a little differently. They said, "Well, you were responsive. The other people were slow. You were the first one back with a proposal, so we we were comfortable with you, so we went with it." And and I got to tell you more and more and more of of the of the clientele I've serviced over the years is just cuz I happened to be there and the other competitors just didn't competitors didn't happen to be there because I showed up, I went the extra effort, when it was pouring rain and nobody else felt like going to the networking meeting, I went. And That's while cool. I was there, the person, that, the person that was there too, they said, huh, it looks like we're the only ones really committed today, huh? And I would yep. say, well, yeah, you know, the other people, it was, uh, you know, it was a little rainy out for them. You know, and guess what? We we built rapport on the fact that we were the ones that toughed it out, went out in the rain, and so I was the one who got the look on the next project as opposed to the other people. Absolutely, you know? and absolutely. You're can't say I'm. Yeah, can't say I'm better than them. I just I showed up. You didn't. Guess what? Yeah. I get it.
1: It's amazing. You know? It's amazing. Business. So, again, like I said in my introduction, there's so many moving parts. And I think, Carl, uh, thank you so much. I hope all my business owners, we're out of time. Uh, I hope all my business owners just check you out. So I'm going to give your website because I want people to go and, and visit you. Uh, you can either go to carlgoulds.com or you can go to seven, the number seven. It's actually seven stageadvisors.com. Um check it out. You could check out Carl's books and of course you can email him at Carl at Carlgould.com if you want to just chat and, and pick his brain and see if he might be a good fit for you to scale your business. Also please email me at Connie at, at com directly um, and I do respond to my own emails. I want you to reach out to me if I can help you in any way or if you have a story to share with me or if you'd like me to cover a specific topic on the show, I'm happy to do that. Carl thank you so much for sharing number one, great stories. I love stories. Um, and number two, some really clear ideas of what business owners need to focus on to get to the next level and to, to figure out where their commitment needs to lie, you know, both financially as well as them personally. So thank you so much for that. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. This is really a blast. Thank you. It was a lot of fun, and I love meeting another Jersey Jersey folk. So, um, you know, born and bred, baby. We're born and bred. That's how we roll in Jersey. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know it. Yeah, I sure. know it. You got it. I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that change is possible and easier than we think. Thank you again to my amazing guests. You've been listening to our Architect of Change with me, your host Connie Whitman on WebTalkradio.net. Thank you so much, everyone. Have an inspired week and please go out and inspire others to raise your business level or profit. Thanks so much.
0: You've been listening to the Architect of Change with your host Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here.